Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Tell you what, just a nice little program of Metropolitan Greyhound Racing this Saturday night at the Meadows. Just 10 on the card, but uh, that means 10 winners to be found. And to uh, to do that, to help me find those 10 winners, my man Corey Smith on the brink of having a very, very big night on the uh, the soft drinks. Uh, Smithy, welcome to you, my friend. Yeah, I'm very excited to have a couple of raspberries with you tonight, Jim. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's as you said, it's just a good little card. It's not often you just see the 10 races on the, on the city program, but... Uh, Everything kind of pops up next week for the Nationals. Well, mate, you've been very, very kind to me, so it's my turn tonight to shout your few drinks. What do you say about that at the, uh, the awards <laughs> night? <laughs> oh, I tell you what, Jim, it would be uh, the day that hell freezes over that I'm going to drink out of you, I reckon. <laughs> Run of the week. Uh, you will get one, especially tonight when they're free, Smithy. You'll get more than one. Uh, Run of the week. We'll just quickly touch on the concluding stages of a couple of the uh, the big ones. The National Distance State Final for Victoria. This is the concluding stages of that. Alfie Moon starting to wind up and now Zohar Bale makes his move, the little fella, and he's starting to launch home from the back. So Sunnyside Zeus all out. Grabbed firstly by Alfie Moon, but now by Zohar Bale who powers away. And here is a deserved Victorian champion. A big win. Zohar Bale... It was impressive work, wasn't it, Corey? And it, it, I feel like he's just gone to the next level recently and, and he is one of those excitement machines to watch as just a racing fan a get back run on stayer there's nothing more enjoyable to watch than that yeah exactly right Jim he's got that race pattern that uh, everyone loves to see getting back in the field and charging home and he just looks like an absolute out and out top liner these days in the staying ranks what about Postman Pat getting the job done in the uh, the state sprint final? Didn't have it his own way. Box number five, challenging, challenging draw, but uh, he is a serious superstar, and here's the uh, the race replay from last Thursday night. It feels like a while ago. Off and racing, and Postman Pat a little slow to begin. Landon Bale went out fast with Aussie Rocks, and now Postman Pat squeezing through, so Aussie Rocks takes the lead early. Postman Pat now throws out the challenge and takes the lead. Tinker Norm now right there. They're being followed by Landon Bale, Zippy Ted. Tesla, a big break back to Eldorado. And then Amron Boyan seeing it all unfold at the end. Yachi Bale, so Postman Pat the leader. Tinker Norm's alongside and they get away from Aussie Rocks. It's Tinker Norm and Postman Pat. The trans-Tasman superstar kicks home to win it. Postman Pat by one length, Tinker Norm in a stirring state final. Really good state final, that one. Toe-to-toe, uh, -to -toe, Tinker Norm and Postman Pat. And, and he went to the next level, didn't he? Uh, to really show another string to his bow, the fact he doesn't have to lead and dominate. He can... He he can be challenged and he can deal with a challenge, Postman Pat. Yeah, that's what you want to see champions do. He certainly was challenged. He was tough. He, he can put together those sizzling early sectionals, but he can be tough late too. That's what we want to see in our champions. And he looks like he's on the way to being that. Saturday's preview. Saturday preview time. We will be catching up with uh, Johnny Brash from Queensland as well to chat uh, Days of Thunder and the other qualifier Bears bullets. So looking forward to that. Jay's Jay, I reckon, was the greyhound that probably should have made it through but didn't get the right luck but was able to win a race last night at Albion Park. Uh, rolling on. Smithy, you're not crook still, are you, mate? I'm, I'm hearing a lot of splattering down the line. Are you still, are you still a little bit under the weather? Well, to be honest, Jim, I actually forgot that you were uh, you were ringing me at this time, and I just started eating some food, and I had a bit of a spicy sauce with it, and uh, it's just uh, repeating on me a little bit, Jim. But that's that's my problem to deal with. So I apologise to the listeners for uh, 
there'll be tuning in the Mate, abundance of those. Your your food spends as much time coming up as it does going down. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, tell me about it. It's shocking. Bit of a worry. Might have to get you booked in at the doctors. Uh, let's get through the meadows. Just ten on the program. Nice and easy, nice and sharp. Uh, race one on with one shimmer current. Should be winning. Should be dominating from the good draw. Patulator's got a lot of early speed. That was probably the only knock if the check happened to cross and lead. But I think shimmer current's the better of the two. Yeah, Shimmer Curran will be winning the first, I think, Jim, for Team Daly. I'll be licking my lips with the same race, Multi. The one to run in the top, say, two or three, and Big Susie to run in the top three or four. Uh, she'll get back and storm home, and the race speed map's perfect for her. Race two, I'm going with number one here, Yori Bale, stepping up in distance. But I reckon there's put together enough to suggest from the inside draw does look a chance in. What is a race that probably, I guess, plays to the hands of potentially Ileta Bale, who's dropping a bit in class? Yeah, I'm looking at that dropping class and I'm thinking that Earletter Bale is going to be hard to beat. So uh, box number six for me, Jimmy Boy. Race number three, we see a couple of the Finn runners come down from New South Wales. I'm with Zipping Orlando. I reckon he's, he's about to make a massive statement on the Victorian game. He hasn't had the best of luck when he's come down, but it's sort of been not uh, a fully fit Zipping Orlando we've seen, where I reckon we get that this time around. He's won nearly $800,000 in prize money, Jim. That just shows the absolute class that he is. He's versatile. He wins over 500. He wins over 700. We see him over 600 here, and I think he'll be winning Zipping Orlando. He's a proper, proper greyhound. Race four on with number two, Dewana Berger. Um, I think drawn to uh, to almost lead, and from box two, if he's in front, they are going to be all out trying to beat him, and, and he's just drawn perfectly for mine. Yep, absolutely love the draw for Dewana Berger. My only concern is Raven Nighthawk can jump and run as well. So as long as it doesn't put on too much pressure, Dewana Berger will be winning. It was a little bit funny at the winning line too, Raven Nighthawk last time, just sort of laying in a little bit at Sandown Park. Still got the job done. Race five, league one of the quaddy. Who do you like here? It's a tough race. Yeah, tough, tough race. I, I have a soft spot for Mapunga Surprise. I reckon uh, she's going to be a, a very high-quality greyhound, but from this draw, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to stick with her anyway. Yeah, I'm trending Gale. I think might just about be the class runner from box number two. Race six on the program. I'm going with the three dark label as, a, as an each-way chance in the race. Uh, forgive run last time was nearly knocked out into the car park around the first corner. It was that wide, but balanced up, hit the line good. I think the red leads, and, and you'd just be trying to track up and get to leaders back early. I'm going to go an each-way play here, Jim, taking a leaf mm-hmm. out of your book. I'm going to be with the four, Roxy Uzo. Can show oh. a fair bit of early speed and uh, run a pretty good race last start when running second. I'm rubbing off onto you. Race seven, uh, number three, Fibularis for me. Terrific run, uh, staving off Wada Wally for almost the whole journey, barring the last 50 last time. Uh, Dottie's gift on top for me. If she gets everything right, she's a uh, very good greyhound. She can do it in all all sections of the race. I like the plum in race number eight, uh, Manila Coglin. He's got a serious motor. His one run at the Meadows was about two months ago. He came from an awkward draw and just had no luck, but he's drawn to go a lot better here. I'm with you there, Jim. Uh, just echoing your statements. Nice and easy for that race, eight. That's all right. Race nine, Zippy Tesla. He, he's the champ of the field, and this will be the easiest free-for-all he ever can test. No disrespect to the opposition. I'm um, with Captain Larry here from box number five, but I think there's only two chances. I agree. Same race, multi play again. And race number 10, I like the three here, Corborn Domino. I think whenever he draws inside, he's got such a strong finish that if he gets any luck fall his way, he's hard to beat. And I think he's going to be one to follow over a bit more ground as well. Yep, I agree. Corborn Domino, one of the better bets tonight, I think. Won't be in my punters' punting club, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty keen. <laughs> Hunters, hunting club. Well, I reckon I've worked out the reason they're asking this podcast, and that is because, oh, look, there, there is good news, though, Smithy. There might be a, uh, a bit of an updated green light on Premier Racing podcast, maybe without the Premier Racing uh, fast approaching, soon to be released. But I reckon the problem is you've just become such a copycat that people are getting bored. 
<laughs> you're copying me all the time. I'll tell you what, Jim, you throw it to me first and then you copy me. But uh, you being the host of the show, you steer the ship, so you're just making me look bad. That's the way I'm looking hey, at it. Give me your best bet, mate, your punters punning club. I'll let you go first. And if it's the same as me, I don't know what we'll do. Race four, number two, Dewana Burger. I'm just going to have $50 the win. Is it the same as you, Jim, or what? I'm going to have $15 each way on Dewana Burger. So it just shows you're not copying. <laughs> We're just two very, very good greyhound minds thinking the same. But I'm going to have 15 each way, and I'm going to have 10 bucks each way on race six, number three, Dark Label. Actually like a few dogs at this meeting, even though it's just 10 races. But I think there are a few winners to be found. As always, Smithy, thanks for your time, mate. Don't forget Monday, Sports Bet Studios for the last green light on Premier Racing Broadcast brought to you by GRV. So make sure you're there on Monday. An absolute pleasure, Jim. What are you really gambling with? Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free confidential support. Inside Info. Very, very special guest on the Inside Info segment, Racing Royalty from Queensland. In fact, Racing Royalty when it comes to Greyhound Racing. I speak of John Brash. He's on the line ready for a chat. Brashy, how are you, mate? James, hello to you. Hello to your uh, podcast listeners. Hey, absolutely pumped to have you on the podcast. But tell me what you've been doing today. You've been at the Ecker in Queensland, uh, a racing event. Tell me a little bit more about this because this is an event on a lot of people's buckets lists. Yeah, of course, we have the Royal Show, as we call the Ecker up here for 10 days during August. And it's currently taking place. And uh, myself and David Fowler have been uh, broadcasting the harness racing in the main ring throughout the show. David's been doing most days, but uh, with his uh, galloping commitments, he can't be there every day. So Jay Brash is the filler inner, and I did the, the main day on Wednesday. I was there earlier this afternoon. I'm there again tomorrow. Uh, the show finishes on Sunday of this week. So uh, not only versatile within the, the greyhound industry, but uh, we're uh, coming back to the harness racing calling. I love it, mate. They're keeping you nice and busy, and it's a very, very small little uh, little track, isn't it? And the leaders generally are pretty hard to beat up there. It, it's only 400 metres circumference in wow. a round, James, and uh, they have uh, four laps to the mile. They race over the mile. It's a standing start. We can't fit a mobile on there, so it's all standing start racing, and they start uh, down the home straight, and then they go four laps of the track, and, uh, yep, pretty much if one of the uh, horses steps, you can pretty much say it goes straight to the lead and will be there at the end. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it, mate. Uh, is it is it racing for ribbons or racing for prize money? What's the go there? Well, they're actually racing for prize money. In previous years, um, last year they had a final and it was worth $10,000 wow. overall thanks to our sponsors of Garrards and uh, Big Dog Pet Foods. And uh, this year they're actually gone back to exhibition racing um, so they're just basically racing for points and things like that. And the more times they race during the week, uh, they will be qualifying for a number of races coming up at our TAB meeting at Redcliffe in a few weeks' time. And it's only open for horses that actually competed at the uh, the Brisbane show. And there'll be prize money upwards of $10,000 there. Mm, such a smart way to, to be able to showcase racing to a different audience. I really like the idea. Hey, Johnny, how did, how did you get involved in racing, mate? Where did it begin for you? Well, well, my family's been involved in racing all our lives. My grandfather was a, a racehorse trainer up in Bundaberg. Uh, that's where my heritage uh, is from. Mum and dad are from Bundaberg. Dad uh, was a jockey in his early years, uh, but he got a bit heavy. 
uh, turned his hand to training with my grandfather. Uh, then my brother came along, David. A lot of people would know mm. David within the industry. He trained a few greyhounds in his younger years. He got involved uh, particularly with the, the breeding side of things. David does a lot of matchups with uh, with P- the trainers breeding. He's got his own business there with that. Uh, he's a journalist. He, he wrote the, the monthly magazine up here in Queensland for many, many years before selling it along to Pat McLeod, who now produces the Chase magazine, and it's pretty much become Australia-wide. So just through that, I probably had no option but to to be involved in racing some sort of way. Uh, David was involved with the harness racing. I used to go with him every Saturday night to Albion Park when I was a young boy. Uh, then started to meet the uh, the race broadcasters and said, that seems like a, a good career path. So we gave that a bit of a, a try and we used to practice up in the spare broadcasting boxes of the, the harness racing first of all. And then my brother David got eventually involved with the greyhounds and sort of followed him across there into the greyhounds and uh, sort of got my first gig, pardon the pun, back in around 1983 at Capella Bar when I was in grade 10 at school and pretty much kicked on from there. It's a brilliant story. Wonderful transition over the years and, and to now end up being Brisbane's number one greyhound racing caller, mate, it's, it's a wonderful journey. Uh, for you, what, what's the best memory you've had at a racetrack over the years? The best memory I've had, um, well, just seeing the wonderful chases over the years, you can't help being impressed by the likes in the early days of Queensland Greyhound Racing with uh, Flying Mm. Amy at Albion Park, Bogey Lee came along, and then we've had, uh, since the uh, the injection of prize money into Queensland over the last few years, we've had some of the, the top and also the the Greyhounds from Interstate come along, um, Seneki to name one, uh, Tornado Tears, he was a favourite of mine and uh, now we're seeing some other Greyhounds come along and uh, so it, it's just the, the athlete of the Greyhound themselves that uh, I, I think it's a wonderful spectacle. They are just so beautiful to watch when they're in full flight. I just actually on a... Uh, as I speak on a website now that has an image of Valhalla making his way to the National Straight Track Championship. And it's probably a perfect segue for us to chat about the Nationals. Uh, you'd be all over the, the straight, the sprint and the distance as well. What, what do you make of this boy Valhalla who who comes down to, to Melbourne to have a crack at the National Straight Track Championship on the August 26th Saturday morning meeting at Hillsville? Is he a, is he a chance of upsetting a few of the Victorian stars? I reckon he's a big chance in the uh, the race there, provided he takes to the uh, the arm lure. Of course, we've got the drag here at Capella Bar, and, but he's very much taken to that. He can be a little bit hit and miss at the start, but once he gets going and uh, gets into his stride, he is very powerful at the end, and he's run some spectacular times up the straight at Capella Bar, and uh, I think he races better than he does there, than even on the circle. So he's very much adapted to the uh, the straight track racing, and I think he's in with a very big show in that final come on uh, the 26th. Yeah, that's the morning meeting. In the evening, we head to the Meadows for the, uh, the sprint in the distance, starting with Bears Bullet. Bit of an upset getting through to represent Queensland. I thought Jay's Jay was really unlucky at a vital stage there brashy but uh really really good quality representation i think from queensland with bears bullet because this greyhound's got early speed yeah this is uh, travis elson's second time away at the nationals he had uh, silver stunner qualify for queensland a couple of years ago and went to perth she didn't have a lot of luck there but uh 
Bears Bullet. She's a bit of a different greyhound than Silver Stunner, who used to get back and run on. Uh, but Bears Bullet normally is a very reliable beginner, and uh, I think the Meadows will suit her. Seems to be like a, a front runner's track from what I see. And if she's up in the in the first couple of runners there going out of the straight, I think she could be very competitive in the final. And Days of Thunder, the White Wonder. There's a, there's a bit of a story behind her. And I tell you what, that uh, state final just played into the paws of Days of Thunder. She was a mile back throughout, but you could just tell watching the race, Brashy, that, that she looked like the winner a long way out because they were sort of just packing up in front. And if, if there's any any slowing down at the front of the field, you know at the end Days of Thunder is going to come home with a, a barnstorming finish. Yeah, well, I compare her to another Queensland Greyhound we had a few years ago in Cindy's Magic. Their uh, racing styles are very similar, that they tail out early and they're nowhere to be seen for probably the first 600 metres of the race, James. But uh, once they hit that top corner and you've just got to be looking for them, you, you think the leaders are home, but you can see her coming into the picture in about third and fourth coming to the home turn and... She's very much uh, going to run over the top of them at the end more often than not. And, uh, yes, it's just that the racing style, that true staying racing style that uh, Cindy's Magic, where Paul Dolan did a lot of her races, that I've had the privilege of doing the White Wonder, as I've dubbed her, and uh, she races in a similar style to Cindy's Magic. And it's, it's great to see that typical old grinding stayer coming from well back in the field over the top of them. And mm. it's going to be her swan song. Warren Nichols announced during the week that uh, this is going to be her last ever race start. So they wanted to go out on a high and uh, she's given them some great privileges in racing over the last couple of seasons, and uh, I'm sure she's not going to disappoint come the, the national distance in a couple of weeks. You can almost relate it to in the AFL, like a Joel Selwood playing in the grand final for Geelong, winning the grand final and then retiring. If Days of Thunder can, can lob in the national distance and win that at her last ever race start, what a, what a fitting farewell that would be. It certainly would be. The only thing I'm a little bit worried about, both with Bears Bullets and Days of Thunder. They have been away interstate in previous campaigns, but they really haven't settled in, and that's the only thing I know Travis Elson with Bears Bullet and Warren Nichols with Days of Thunder are both worried about that the time they spend away from home, that the, the time they might fret away. So it, it may impact on their performances, but let's hope not. Let's hope both are well and truly on their game come that uh, final night. One thing that did surprise me when I went through the stats of the Nationals, I sort of thought uh, Victoria might have a bit of a stranglehold on the results over the last 20 years. Uh, I sort of feel, Brashy, that, that we have such strong racing, such deep racing here in Melbourne, but I was quite surprised to see such strong representation and, and good stats for all of the other states. So I think I think a lot of the time other states almost disrespect to a, to a small extent the, the opposition rivals. And, and I know down here in Victoria we've got Postman Pat Tinker Norm and Amron Boyd to go around in the final. It's no sure thing for any state because when they all come together, there has been some some crazy results in years gone by. Yeah, certainly has. And again, it all comes down to where they draw in the boxes and how they charge into that first turn. So that will all unfold, particularly in the sprint race. And uh, as I said, in the staying race, it all depends how far she gets back off them and how close she is to them at the home turn whether or not she's going to figure in the finish. But, uh, yeah, there has been some upset results, but there has been some mighty performances over the years mm. in the Nationals. And uh, 
Let's hope the Nationals are around here for a long time, James, because they they seem to have lost their way a little bit with, say, prize money and with other the feature races around the country at the moment getting more prize money added to them. But I don't know if we need to change the Nationals in any way, prize money-wise or the actual race series structure. But uh, there's always seems to be the trainer coming up against your, your rivals from interstate to be the best in Australia on the night. There just has that ring around it that the trainers want to keep the Nationals here and to be the best in Australia. I think you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes it's not always about the prize money either. You look at, the like you say, the, the harness racing at the Ecker at the moment and uh, it's sometimes about just being able to produce something that, that is going to take to the audience and I feel like the Nationals does that 100% because there's that that rivalry between all of the states, people going toe-to-toe and at the end of the day we all want to be state champions and it's Victoria v Queensland VSA. I, I absolutely love it. So looking forward to seeing how that plays out. There's no box drawers yet. We are conducting that with the exclusive rights to the box draw to be conducted on uh, the next episode of the podcast uh, which will be released on Monday uh, around lunchtime. But Brashy, have you got a tip for the three races at this point in time without the draws being ran and I know we still haven't had the the state final either for the straight track uh, for Victoria so have you got are you going to go Queensland to make it three victories or is there one that you think will roll them oh I don't know about the sprint James I know Bears Bullet she she's good up here but you've got a little dog that you mentioned a little earlier mm. called Postman Pat we we had the opportunity to see him here in Queensland over the the Winter Carnival and uh, that time that he ran 29.39 first go here. Unfortunately, he didn't jump in the final of the Brisbane Cup, and but it was still a one hell of a run. Mm, and I just think if he jumps and runs in the final, no matter where he draws, I think they're all going to beat him. So I think we might have to uh, to hand that one to the Vicks. But uh, Valhalla, definitely a good each-way show in the straight race and uh, we'd all love to see Days of Thunder go out on a winning high note in the national distance. Uh, But let's hope that comes to fruition as well. And as I let you go, mate, uh, the recent uh, Winter Carnival in in Brisbane just seemed to be amazing. I think from from all other estates, we really admired what what Racing Queensland was able to do and uh, it just looks such a deep series with great prize money and you must be be proud of, uh, of the Winter Carnival up there that was just conducted. Yeah, it was great to run those preludes. That was like a bit of a Melbourne Cup theme there with mm. the preludes. And then you had the consolations worth like 150000 and 50000 on the final night. Uh, but we actually got to see the greyhounds before the final night. A lot of them just turn up for the heats, but you had to run in a prelude to be eligible to run in the heats of the Brisbane Cup. That was one of the stipulations. So we were able to see these greyhounds, these wonderful greyhounds throughout the carnival from interstate, not only our local greyhounds, but interstate. And we got to see Postman Pat early and it was certainly great racing over the carnival, not only for the sprinters, the stayers and all other class of dogs as well were catered for from, from maidens right up to the class one, uh, the top uh, group one greyhounds. And that's what the carnival was all about. And that's what the Racing Queensland of the Brisbane Club wanted to make it. So let's hope we can grow on that from now on. And uh, we've got the summer carnival, of course, in a couple of months' time as well. So that'll be the golden carnival leading up again to the 
the $1 million Brisbane Cup again next year during the winter. As I let you go, uh, mate, uh, you mentioned a moment ago your brother David dabbled in the ownership and breeding of greyhounds. Have, have you ventured into to ownership and do you own any at the moment? Uh, James, they call me the jinx, so you don't want me in the ownership <laughs> of a greyhound. <laughs> no good. <laughs> no, I've, I had, I've had uh, greyhounds with my brother David race them and... Uh, I'll tell you a quick story that uh, he said you can come and race a, uh, a greyhound with your sister-in-law, come over at six weeks of age, pick out a pup between a boy and a girl dog. I chose the boy. He said, you sure you don't want the bitch? I like her type. I said, how can you tell at six weeks of age? <laughs> she came out and won 19 out of, 19 out of 30 and $25,000 in prize money. The, the bloke I chose won four races, including a maiden and a novice. <laughs> Um, and that was that sort of story. So, and he still throws that up to me, and that was around 1987. So he still throws <laughs> that up to me in 2023. I said, he said, I told you to take the bitch. So <laughs> there you go. So you don't want him involved in any ownership of any greyhounds. He'll choose the wrong one. Well, so. that's okay, mate. I won't offer you into the next syndicate we go into, but uh, stick to calling. You're good at that. Uh, don't worry about greyhound ownership. You can be the voice of Queensland. Uh, you do a wonderful job, and we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and having a bit of a chat. And I've got no doubt those Queenslanders will do you proud here in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time. Go the Maroons. Thanks, James, for your time. What are you really gambling with? Call Gambler's Help 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free confidential support.